0: You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency Way. Hey, Miles here from Level, and I am proud to be your podcast host. In every episode of Test, Learn, Grow, I'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Test, Learn, Grow. Today, we are joined by some repeat guests. We've got Sean Wade, one of our creative producers, and Abby Young, one of our media managers. So, Sean, Abby, thanks for coming back again for the podcast.
1: Hey, yes. how's it going, Miles?
0: So since we did fun fact last time, not going to put you through that again, but we'll break the ice with a a different open-ended question. So since this, you know, we're currently in the midst of fall, right in the middle of it, I'd love to hear from each of you what your favorite thing about fall is.
2: Yeah, I can go first. My favorite thing, well, I have two favorite things. One is football season's back and I like going out into the fields and tailgating and cheering on my Penn State Nittany Lions. But my other favorite thing is the bugs go away so that is really what i'm looking forward to about like this next season because i i'm over it i <laughs> i can't deal with it they they fly in my hair it's just not fun so that would be the
0: most understated fall fact i've heard like that's so true no no bugs
2: I'm yeah no it. I like, I think that like started becoming something I really thought about when we had that giant cicada outbreak in the summer of like when I was in like second or third grade and clearly it had an impact on my life because (laughs) I'm still talking about it. So
0: formative years, bug experience. There you go.
2: Yeah. All
0: right, Sean, from tailgating to no bugs. What do you got to add to the fall mix here?
1: I got a second the no bugs thing. Sitting around like friends at a fire, like not getting eaten alive, that's nice. But I gotta go fall food. It's like all the like rich, hearty like soup, stew, like break out the slow cooker. I'm all there for it. All things pumpkin
0: at Trader Joe's. Is that your vibe? Come fall? No,
2: not I'm not
1: a big pumpkin fan,
0: actually.
2: Oh I for me. gotta say, Trader Joe's it's not pumpkin, Sean, but the butternut squash mac and cheese. Like little pre-made meals. That that's like one of my favorite fall items. We have six of them in our freezer right now, I believe. Maybe five, because I just had one for lunch, but yeah.
0: Talking about marketing—that's the, that's the yeah. ultimate marketing. Yeah. You get it before it's gone. You know, they, only, <laughs> they only have it for so long, and then so you have to stock up. They're, they got mm-hmm. us. Well, it sounds like we could do a whole podcast, guys, about fall, so we'll have to put that in the books for next year, but we are yeah, here to of- talk about User-generated content. In a way, we kind of just did a, a UGC piece for Trader Joe's. So that's funny. But it's what it sounds like, right? It's when users out there generate content that a brand uses. Sometimes it's on purpose, like on behalf of brands. Sometimes it's just what people put out on Instagram and tag a brand when they're wearing their product or enjoying one of their services. And it's a way that brands can then leverage what's already happening, and highlight it in a way that feels authentic and not like an overly produced, you know, marketing piece. So I know you both from the creative side, Sean, and then from how we take the creative assets and and put them into media campaigns, Abby, you guys work with this quite often. I'd love to hear your perspective on why you think user generated content works so well.
1: Sure.
2: Yeah. So I'll be collecting my check from Trader Joe's later. There (laughs) you go. First of all. But Sean, do you want to take it off first?
1: Yeah, sure. So as far as user-generated content goes, I think you kind of hit the the nail on the head there in terms of it not being overproduced. I think that a lot of people, especially young people in this day and age, they're so saturated with advertising that, you know, everybody's walking around with this filter on and you know, you're not really paying attention to the billboards, you know, the commercials come on, you just get on your phone instead. So people aren't really paying that much attention and so if you can break through that filter with something that is unusual with, you know, a person that's talking directly to them that they can relate to, then that's, you know, really where user generated content has a lot of value.
2: Yeah, I would second that. I think it's also like people like just to go off of that. People like being able to see themselves in another person's shoes. So a less scripted version of, say, like an ad or something like that is always going to be a little bit more relatable. I mean, why do we like reality TV so much? I mean, I know that's scripted half the time. But <laughs> as someone who, you know, watches The Bachelor with my wine and cheese every Monday, Tuesday night, it's it's definitely part of it. It's like, oh, I could actually be on that show or maybe I could be in this ad or it's just more generally relatable.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, you both touch on is it. true, right? Well, you talked about, Sean, with the younger generation. It feels like older generations, the aspirational aspect of advertising was big. That's like the celebrity spokesperson. Like, I want to look like this person who's you know, rich and famous. So if I'm any rich and famous, I need to use this product, has shifted away from that into more of like, this person feels like my buddy, even though I've never met them. And if they like it, chances are I'll like it too, because I see myself in them. So it's less aspirational. It's more just like, this is me right now. So I need this thing right now. And it, it spurs that action and that conversion online.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And especially if you can, you know, talk about overcoming a problem that somebody else has had, you know, you, you go to a new town and you're talking with somebody, uh, you know, out on the sidewalk and say, hey, where's a great place to go eat? I can't find anywhere. I'm new to the area. They give you a recommendation. You're, you're going to go there. You know, it's it, 10 times out of 10 over some place that just popped up on Google.
2: Yeah. And I would also say, like, from a generational standpoint, if you think about how we consume media now, I think that's a big part of it. Obviously, today we have TikToks and Instagram and, you know, Facebook and everything that is user-generated content, right? That's a user-generated platform. So people are more familiar with it. So they're more likely to be engaging with that rather than, you know, back in like the 60s, there wasn't, that didn't exist. So you went out and you saw these posters of, you know, this woman, like, for example, advertising like a vacuum cleaner or something like that. And she just looks glamorous doing it and be like, wow, that's what I want to be. But you don't really see what other people are doing at the same time and what it's actually like when it's a lot more of the latter in today's kind of media atmosphere. It's just really interesting. And I could talk about that for like days. but <laughs> We can move on.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think we've, we've made the point. It's a good one. So that spurs the next question. It's like, okay, we get it. We get what user generated content is. We get why it works. Now the question becomes, how how do I get how do I get it on purpose? Right? Like because we can go and source it like as it comes up organically, but there are ways to generate it on purpose with the idea of using it for your marketing in mind. And one of those is an app and service that we use at level. It's called Billow. So I'm gonna kick it to you both to talk about that. Like what is Billow? How does it work? How do we use it?
1: Yeah. So Billow, as you said, is an app that we're using for user-generated content here at Level. It's a creator marketplace where you can go and uh, put out a job. So for anybody watching this, who's familiar with Fiverr or any of those, you know, sort of like gig economy sites, you can go and say, Hey, I'm looking to uh, have a piece of content created around this product. If you feel that you are a good applicant that is, you know, within these specifications, you can narrow it down by age, gender, things like that, then, you know, please apply. And then uh, essentially just review the applicants, choose the ones you would, you know, think best represent your product and maybe the people who are going to be buying your product and then send a, either a free or reduced cost product to them for them to review, get some content back, and then you have your UGC.
2: Yeah, that's... Sean's the Sean's the billow wizard on our team, so then on the media side of things, we just we just put it in and and plug and check. Now it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, it's a super great platform, and honestly, I've thought about joining myself because that sounds wonderful. Just take a video of yourself using a product, and hey, that's how you you stock up. Who needs a wedding registry, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah. So one one thing I think Abby, you may be downplaying this a little bit, but one thing that the media team does that's really helpful when we're creating the content in Billow is the audience persona and letting us know, hey, these are the people that we're going to be targeting with this creative. And it's definitely a big part of getting that UGC made.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I did like kind of skim over that a little bit, I'm realizing. But before we even, you know, this is something in any sort of creative that you're making, you need to understand who your audience is. There's a few different ways to do that. Obviously you can look in like your Google analytics and see your demographics. You can look at your ads and see, you know, how, which one's more engaging with what audiences, you know, locations, again, basic demographics you could find on Google analytics as well. And you can also look at your comments and see, You know, what are people kind of saying about your product throughout your ads? Is there something we can pull and get inspiration from? There's just so many different sources to trying to find your audience persona. And obviously, you're also going to want to talk to the client and be like, what is the feel of, like, if you had to make your audience one person, how would they look and how would they act? And it's really, that kind of guides where you go. And then, you know, Sean makes it happen. So that's great.
0: <laughs> Makes sense. You select those people that fit that, so the audience sees themselves in that in that piece of creative, right? Which the goal is make golden is for that to drive sales. And so, from a media perspective, Abby, what do we see here? I know we've got some examples, and perhaps you could touch on like a specific client case study. But I know it's been like, like mind blowing. And we sat back and we're like, holy, oh my gosh, like we didn't expect that. It, it worked that well. So, talk to us about that, please.
2: So. Facebook, just in a background, is not necessarily the best place to see direct last click sales. That's not saying it doesn't come from Facebook. Facebook, if you look at their sales that they say in platform, it's going to look very different than your last click. Because, I mean, think about your buying cycle. You maybe see an ad on Facebook and then you maybe think about it a little bit more and then you see it again and then maybe you click on it and then maybe you buy it or maybe you then search for it and then you maybe you buy it. So we typically don't see a ton of last click sales, but in Facebook, but in this user generated content, especially in our new audiences, meaning that they are not someone who's familiar with our brand, we're seeing a performance that is three times what a normal Facebook performance would be, or I guess it actually is averaged out of what our normal Facebook would be. So it could be even more than that. It's just really consistent. And then another metric that tells us that, you know, Facebook itself also prefers this type of content is it is showing at this point, basically only the user generated ads. So like anything you test it, right? We're gonna test the same copy versus the two different creatives. One is this pretty video Sean made that maybe doesn't have user generated content. And then the other is our billow ads. And Facebook at this point is only showing the billow ads. It's what is getting comments, it's what's getting likes, it's what's getting sales. So those two metrics alone can tell us a lot about, you know, this is something we need to keep pursuing and then expand upon from other clients as well. And really other brands within our one client, because there are so many different avenues you could take with this. And it's interesting to see what type of consumer reacts to this. So clearly the demographic we've been using has been reacting and reacting well, but I'd be curious to see what maybe, you know, an older demographic would be. So I think that's, that's kind of where we're headed is kind of testing out all of our different audiences' personas that we've been working on and making sure we're looking for the right creators and seeing, you know, what's the perfect mix? Because it changes every day, but it's also, you know, if you could get some sort of base formula of like, so like when you're making a cheesecake, you need a really good base. And then you can start making Oreo cheesecakes. And then you can start making chocolate chip cheesecakes. So just finding that kind of formula of what your base customer is, and then you can get a little more fancy than that is really important for this as well.
1: And then uh, also as far as the ShopHQ UGC test goes, one other metric that I thought was really neat there was the click through rate, which was significantly higher, and that's just a general go-to indicator of engagement with the audience. We saw a big spike in that with the UGC. So not only are we driving sales, which ultimately is the goal of the client, but we are seeing a lot of engagement with the audience, which as an agency, particularly as somebody who's developing creative, it's really useful to know. And the other part of it, which is not necessarily a quantitative measure, but is just an interesting observation from this test, is that we got a lot of comments on this post, on this ad which is not something we typically see. People are not usually very interested in leaving comments on an ad unless they feel very, very strongly uh, about a product or a brand. In this case, we, we did see that. And a lot of it was just about the product and people were excited to share that they they liked theirs.
2: Yeah, I always get a little nervous when I see a lot of comments on an ad because sometimes it's like, It can go down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Like and then sometimes there are like arguments or something like that. Which is kind of crazy that people argue on an ad sometimes. (laughs) But it's also it's kind of what makes this job fun to an extent too is like you get to see what people are saying, right? You get a little bit of instant gratification there. But it also helps Facebook decide which ad is better when they comment. So
0: Yeah, it's part of the learn of Tesla and Go, Mm -hmm. right? We'll learn from the comments what we might want to try the next time, you know, based on what really (laughs) resonates or an idea that comes out so that's that's cool
2: i mean it's user generated content creating user generated content
0: whoa that's so, right there look at that
2: yeah you just keep going it's just, it's just a, a rabbit hole after rabbit hole once um, you turtles hit. all
1: the way down
0: so we've covered a lot of good ground and you guys sort of sprinkled these tidbits of advice of like ways to to start if someone's listening to this and they're really intrigued and they're thinking okay, I'm in, I need to try this, right? So if we boil those down, if we say top three, I'm sure there's more than three, but for the sake of brevity, what do you guys think are the top three places to start if you want to introduce UGC into your ad creative? You should do one thing first and then two, three. Where do we go?
2: Well, first thing is definitely know your audience, get an idea of like what, who your audience is and what they would sound like. That's one of my favorite questions to ask in general to you know clients, other people. If people are asking about your brand, or if you're in, even if you're in an interview, is what if your company was a person? What would they look like, and how would they act? And that's really useful for user-generated content.
1: Yeah. And then Sean, um, Sean
2: can take over the specifics because that's creative. Once, <laughs> once you
1: have all this wonderful audience research, and uh, you know people have have done most of your job for you, then you get to go out do the, the creative part of sourcing this content. And like we talked a little bit about, you can get this organically. Sometimes product or brand is big enough or has a dedicated enough following that that content is already out there. And as long as you have permission to use it, then congratulations, you know, your, your job is done 90%. There's other options like we talked about with Billow and, and Billow is certainly not the only one. There are other platforms out there. It's just the one that we happen to use and like. And where, that's where you can send free or discounted products out, get videos back from content creators and use that video. So that's uh, two options really for getting your UGC content.
2: Yeah, no, and it's not just limited to like user generated content is a very kind of broad thing. It's not just limited to say like billow or something like that. It's it, as I said before, it's, you know, anything a user is doing to amplify your brand. So it could also be something as simple as running a contest where, you know, there's video submissions. You see that a lot. That's a test I really want to do soon. I just love giveaways and contests, though, just just in general. I'm a big fan. Everyone likes free stuff. Everyone likes coupons, especially TLC and extreme couponers. But there are so many different ways you can get creative with it. Like you can. You know, the world's kind of open is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You don't have to put yourself in just like a box of, oh, we need to, we like, cause what if you don't have like a product you can touch or something like that, that you can send to people? Like, oh, is this then not for me? I, I wouldn't agree with that. I think you can still get testimonials in many different ways, but this is what we've found success with. So.
0: Yeah, so I'm number one is that. know your audience. Number two is once you know your audience, decide what type of UGC you're going after. Is it something that already exists? Is it something like a billow where you're making the direct ask for like a video submission, basically like a video review, or is it a third, something like a contest to give away, you know, maybe they're coming in to experience a service, like service line for a day, and then they're going to document it or something that you can use afterwards. If it's not a product, like you're saying, Abby, lots of different definitions to UGC. So that's one and two, once you know your audience, you know, the type of UGC you're going to use, what's number three? Rake in that dough now. <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: dough. Well, yeah, rake in the dough. Yeah, and maybe maybe Abby can speak more to this, but just um, you know, measure your results and uh, you know make sure that you are seeing what you want. Because if you're not getting you know the the types of feedback that you're expecting, then it might be time to pivot to either a different type of UGC or maybe I mean, it's possible UGC isn't for your brand. I mean, UGC is not you know just a a magic wand. We like it and we want to keep using it, but there are definitely situations where maybe in a more technical industry, you don't want, you know, Joe down the street telling you about, you know, how he developed an engine in his garage. You want to have the, you know, college engineer telling you that.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, Sean hit it right on the head. I was going to make like a nail and like a, like a lumber reference, but then I'm like, I haven't tested the,
0: it. Full of the metaphors today.
2: Of- yeah. Yeah. I don't know where it's coming from, but
0: I like it. Well, there you have it. I think that's a good a good bow to wrap on the conversation. So, Sean, Abby, I appreciate your time. Love having you back on the show, and we'll have you back again, I'm sure. So Yeah,
2: no, thanks. it's been fun. Been a blast. Happy. See you soon. Yep, always happy to talk about food. So
0: there you go, our Trader Joe's podcast coming soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Test Learn Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information on what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.